Hey, we've got a great episode of Talking Health Tech lined up for you to listen to today. But did you know you can also watch along to this episode as well? This year, we're getting more and more into video content to support this podcast. And you'll find there'll be more episodes of Talking Health Tech that will have something for you to watch along to as well as listen to on this podcast feed. So for example, in this episode, if you wanted to see where we set up and what the guests look like, and sometimes it's just nice to get a bit more context about a discussion if you're watching along and you can see what's going on. So jump onto our website, talkinghealthtech.com, and there'll be a post dedicated to this particular episode. There you can watch along, or you can go to our YouTube channel. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe because that'll help us out a lot. We've got this lofty goal in 2023 to get over a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours on our YouTube channel. So if you're keen to support the growth of our video content, would love it if you jumped over and had a look. But for the time being, here we go with the audio version of episode 322. So here at the convention center in Perth, I'm at Oz Bioinvest. In the last couple of days, the biotech community here in Perth have got together at Ozbiotech and the Ozbioinvest event. And today I've been recording conversations with speakers as they come off the stage here at Ozbioinvest. And we put them together in this podcast episode for you today. So first in this episode, I spoke to Dr. Neelay Thakar, principal of Arch Venture Partners in the US. And we went inside the mind of a venture capitalist and how to build an innovative biotech company. Then later in the episode, you'll hear from Dr. Daniel Getz, CEO and co-founder of Myeloid Therapeutics in the US about leveraging opportunities to accelerate innovation in Australia and the US. And then later in the episode, you'll hear my conversation with Dr. Arjun Goyal, also from the US, co-founder and managing director of Vita Ventures. We talk about translating groundbreaking science into new medicines in the 21st century. So it's been a great couple of days here at Oz Biotech. Thank you so much to the team at Oz Biotech for letting me set up here at Oz Bio Invest and have a chat with the different speakers. It's been great for companies to be able to talk about what they're doing directly to investors and for investors in the biotech space to hear about all these great innovations coming through, to hear about how investors should think about biotech, what the current state is. And hopefully this episode today gives you a flavor for some of those things. So let's do it. Collaboration starts with conversation, Team Health Tech. Oh, let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. I am Neelay Thakur. I'm a principal at Arch Venture Partners. It's a life science and physical science focused venture capital fund, currently operating out of our 12th fund and closed about a couple of months ago for about $3 billion total with uh, 9 billion assets under management. What we do on a daily basis is we find cool novel technologies and science across the world and we try to turn them into companies. So we come in pretty early, seed series A, stages of the company, building process and, and take them to the clinic or to the market. And what I do myself is essentially that. I build new companies in the biotech space, predominantly focus myself on, in, on therapeutics. Yeah. Did, you, did I hear that you're from Boston as well? Uh, I'm based in Boston, Boston Cambridge, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. originally from uh, Brisbane. Yeah, good on you. Is that true that the time to get from Boston to Perth is the same time, like in, to get halfway to the moon or something like that? that I, 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 yeah, you know, I work very hard on my jokes. I, I googled, 
that it takes three days to go uh, from the Earth to the Moon, and it took me a day and a half to get here. So yeah, halfway there. Yes. Well, then you got to get back. So that's, uh, and uh, then it completes the trip. Yeah, yeah, good on you. Good on you. Well, look, talk to me a bit about you know you, you went through a great session this morning. Talk to me a bit about uh, the presentation that you gave uh, to the delegates here and some of the key themes that that came out of that. I think the goal was to quote-unquote educate people on on how at least we at Arch think about building new companies. Mm. I, I suppose my not knowing what the audience looks like and I think I have a better understanding now. I think these are pretty seasoned folks and they clearly know what they're doing. Um, maybe I've wasted a bunch of their time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, 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 you know, it, it's hard to cover what is essentially an um, uh, 18, 24-month process of building a new company in, you know, under 12 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to give a general sense of the way we think about things and what we look out for and what we are a little bit averse to. Mm. And I was hoping to convey that, and I, and I hope I did, in terms of what people should look out for and, and how to build companies. Yeah. You, you broke down three pillars, I remember, three pillars of, of for those organizations. And one was relating to people, and I found it, you know, it really came through that you emphasized the point around finding people with the strong relationships and the credibility, because it's a for, for the size of the ecosystem, it's a relatively small kind of gene pool in terms of the number of people actually operating in the space. So that, that sounds like something that, that you put a lot of weight on is, you know, finding people who are well connected in the space. Is that right? So the, the relationships are really important? Yeah. I mean, the industry is small and I'm talking yeah. even in the United States. Uh, right. You'd be surprised. You know, you can pretty much connect with anyone in the biotech space within three degrees of connection. It's, it's a small world. Mm -hmm your credibility, reputation. I'm not just talking mm -hmm. venture funds. I mean people in the company, scientists in academia that do entrepreneurial stuff. If you're in the space, people will know what you've done and, and how succeed, you know, successful you've been and how you are as a person to deal with in a pretty easy way. So it's important that you maintain everything that you do has, has, has credibility to it, has integrity, and you're doing it for the right reasons. So whether that's to get drugs in the clinic or, or patient life saved, or whether that has the metric of billions of dollars in revenue, et cetera, and a combination of both. So that relationship really matters. And there's a, there's a lot of really good people who can run companies. There's a dearth of exceptionally good people that can run companies. And the reason I say that is the really good people can get products in the clinic or companies to a financial success in good times. Yes they'll struggle in the toughest of times uh, and they'll get there eventually. They'll just burn through a lot more cash and, and struggle a little bit more than what I mean with the excellent people, which, which are capable of navigating anything you throw at them and getting companies to a, with products in the clinic or market and, and, and to a success. Yes. And so once you find them, you do everything in your means to, to make sure you hold on to them with your dear life and, and make sure you mm. marry them with the right exciting opportunities that yeah. are worthy of their talent and, and get them there. Yeah. Did I understand the summary near the end there that, you know, basically to build a successful biotech company, you've got to find really good science and heap smart people and just give them lots of cash. And then... Pretty much. That's it. <laughs> Pretty much. I think I had that caveat. It's the reason why we or, you know, our peers have been so incredibly successful. It's not a secret sauce thing. Yeah. There, there's nothing we do differently, honestly. Yeah. And it's not something that I can't share. It's it's the basics. It's a lot of hard work. We have that. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's understanding where your faults lie and doing something about it, which I'd be a little bit of a brutally honest person. And you can do that when you, when you love Australia. Uh, I yeah. think Dan noted that as well. I think we, are, we see our faults, but we ignore them. And it hurts me in saying that, but it's true. Um, 
one point I think Dan noted really well is everyone sees Australia as, as, as someone that digs up the earth and sells whatever comes out, whether that's egg or yeah. mining. And, and then anything else is basically industries around that. Your telecom and finance are all basically around that. No one knows Australia for what it used to be, thanks to CSIRO back in the 90s and, and before then, mm. right? And, which is a, a pinnacle of actual scientific technological innovation. So that, that narrative needs to change again. We need to be seen as someone that can actually innovate in a meaningful way and not just you know dig up the earth. No offense yeah. to the... The industry no, it's here, important but it, for sustainability. And it's yeah. not a zero-sum game either. Just because yeah. you excel in innovation doesn't mean you've, you've shut down mining or anything. Yeah. These industries can happily coexist. Yes, yeah. So. Such a great message. And lastly, I, I got the, the theme, the sense that, you know, looking forward into the future, there's a lot of resilience is going to be needed for those operating in this space. And, you know, you, you build success in the, in the difficult times and you need to prepare for those. I think sustaining growth through difficult times is hard with some of the, the, the final points that you raised. Is that, is that about right? Yeah, I think that was to my point on, you know, let's speak to what I was asked to speak about, which is building biotech companies. Yeah. I see that as a, and the industry generally sees that as a recurring theme. There's a lot of glamour around building new companies because there's a lot of hope and excitement that comes with it, money yeah. that flows into companies with that. But this is a, unfortunately or fortunately, a very painful field. Um, mm. You know, we're not making the next dog walking app. We're making <laughs> a therapeutic. And nothing wrong with the tech side of things. It's just in our space, if you make something, people will buy it because mm. we are trying to solve medical needs here with desperate, you know, where patients are waiting desperately for a meaningful solution. In the tech side of things, you're, you're making the product isn't the tough bid, mm. actually selling it, like, you know, Spotify, for example, for what yeah. you're doing. That's the hard part, how many people will actually use your product, right? Yeah. So it's a little bit of that, you know, 180 with us. So the goal with that is, is you know, there's a lot of glamour on making new companies and doing things, but very quickly you realize that it's a very painful journey to yes. actually make a product that goes through the clinical trials and eventually gets approved, and it's a 10, 15 year journey. Mm. So people need to be aware and understanding that it's, it's going to be a tough, long road, and yeah. you need to be prepared for how to manage that when times aren't good, whether it's because science failed and you need to pivot to a different science or a different indication, or whether that's because the money market's dried up and you need to find ways to bootstrap and you know, find, find capital. So yeah. I hope I can address that next time, but I generally haven't seen many people talk about how tough it is to navigate and how to navigate yeah. in tough times. Thanks. Daniel Getz, I'm from Sydney originally. I live in the United States now, in yeah. Massachusetts, Cambridge. And what brings you to AusBioInvest today? I was invited to come and give some insight into my experiences building biotech companies in the United States. Yeah. And also, we're trying to increase our footprint in Australia mm -hmm. as a company, the company I've started and been running now, Myelo Therapeutics. I'm looking to work with governments and local companies to leverage a couple of things, expertise, tax incentives. Yeah. And then also I have a vested interest in trying to do good things for the Australian biotech community. Yeah. I, I took some notes during your, your session as well, because you took us on a bit of a journey through your career as well. Talk to me a bit about, like, n not about each role and everything like that, but one thing I took from it, which aligned with the previous session as well, which was, in the end, a lot of it comes down to relationships and building the, that credibility that really starts to bridge a lot of those gaps. It's really hard because, you know, I come from a background that is not, I was really the first person to finish university, go and do a postgraduate degree. You know, fortunately, my family, more people have now. 
and I did that in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Right. So this isn't an area where there's a lot of biotech happening. So finding those people to help the audit is hard. Right. Yeah. So a lot of it had to be done bootstrapping, scrapping things together. You know, I moved to the United States and I, I was naive when I moved there. I didn't move. You know, if I could go back in time, I would have moved to, to Cambridge immediately because mm-hmm. that's where there was South San Francisco. But I moved to Chicago which was good because there was a lot of great work and I saw eye to eye with some of the people I was working with there. So that, that worked out quite well. But relationships are the main driver of it. And trust. I mean, people need to know how to trust. And that's hard. You know, you just don't do that overnight. Yeah. And so within the Australian ecosystem, there wasn't any, you know, I didn't have any relationships. In the United States, I had to build them. So, you know, like they always say, your first millions are hardest to make. I think your first biotech's always the hardest to build too. Mm. It's very hard, like Arch and Nile. You know, they're a great venture firm, right? Yeah. You know, as a 26-year-old, when I started that first company, I wasn't going to get a $200 million check yeah. to build it. So, yeah, so that's what I've learned. I mean, I've been very lucky to have good mentors, good over time, build good relationships. And I have a great set of investors today mm. that really support what we're doing. And, yeah. and it's, it takes a lot of money to do what we do. So, mm. No, it does. Some of the, the recurring themes happening today, I believe, as well, is trying to understand how to get perhaps funding and interest from the US and a point that you raised was that if you're looking to get US money, you've just got to be in the US. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I think... Mean, it sounds simple, but I mean, it's... Uh... Look, here's an example. Immediately after the, the session, we had two companies come up and present tech, their technology, Australian companies. Yeah. The technology, one was from Yale and the other one was from Penn, University yeah. of Pennsylvania. Mm. So the, it makes me scratch my head and say, why are you going to the United States and taking technology that is not being developed there because like let's take Yale and Pennsylvania University of Pennsylvania these are amazing institutions Mm. right if these technologies were really cutting edge Arch would have taken them yeah okay Atlas right and so it really makes me wonder what's going on and and they're probably great technologies and people make mistakes all the time so I don't I haven't dug into them so I don't know but it really does make me question so if you want US money you got to go to the US and get it you got to build those relationships but I think the focus needs to be more on how we bring US money or or how we build this kind of um, Austrade would love this but some sort of like bilateral agreement relationship where the venture capitalists in the United States are embedded within the system here yeah because that's the point that you said as well, too, was that, you know, it, we've got to get out of this mentality of the US versus Australia or, or, you know, just because that happened in China that we need to do something identical here, right? If, it, if it's, yeah, it's happened to humans, it's, it's relevant, right? Look, I actually believe very strongly that the United States is a very amazing country. And if, you know, if you don't see what happened in the, the pandemic with getting this vaccine made, hmm. that, that was unprecedented. And that took every ounce of effort don't get me wrong there's discombobulation and noise and crazy it's a crazy place it always has been from the the get-go of the constitutional debates right in the late 1700s it's always been crazy but you know when you put them against a wall they're going to get it done Mm. and as australians we also have our own cultural identity that i think is also amazing these things don't have to be distinctly competitive we take advantage of the things that we are good at and try and leverage that. Culturally, we're very similar, but we're different. Mm. And I think what we're seeing, if we think geopolitically, where we, you know, Australians are more aligning with the United States yeah. than, say, China. Mm. I mean, it's a very difficult, sure. ragged edge the government runs, right, with yeah. selling iron ore to, to China and so on and so forth. But in the United States, up to 14% of their GDP, one four, is generated from venture-backed companies. 
Yeah, is that right? Okay. So that is a significant, you know, more than I, I don't know what the GDP is lately, but it's, you know, trillions of dollars yeah. that is generated from those venture backed businesses. You know, we have to think about how we start driving that kind of approach to value creation here. How do we take some of that mining money and mm. start deploying it? And, you know, to the credit of, of those companies, they do amazing work with AI and robotics and so on and so forth. So it's not like they're not doing it, but I do think there's a lot more we can do to be more innovative in that fray and embrace our allies as opposed to being... Unfortunately, the US doesn't play rugby. It could be just like New Zealand and Australian <laughs> rugby, right? We hate them in the rugby, but everything else we can... Maybe the cricket. The cricket is not as much, but yeah, definitely probably, rugby. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, that's my position on the yeah, United States. There. Yeah, so. absolutely. And lastly, then to, to close, thinking about those that are attending, particularly the Ausbioinvest thing today, whether it's from an investor point of view or for a company's perspective that's looking to raise capital, any final thoughts or things you'd hope people would take from these sessions today and start implementing? Yeah, I think we need to have a good baseline of smart investors. We need to really make sure for the companies that they are differentiated and make sure we're not putting companies on a path to nowhere. Mm -hmm. As an example, cell therapy is very, very tough right now in the United States, mm -hmm. right? And we had two cell therapy presentations yep. just now. I don't see that changing. So what's the differentiation? What's the path to commercialization? What is the exit strategy? Mm. And in the United States, you know, I've been part of a cell therapy company. Ooh. Over 500, just under $500 million went into that business over time to get it to where it is. We're talking to investors here looking for eight or $10 million. There's a disequilibrium. I see, yeah. Right, so I, I do think looking at that context and, and trying to main, be competitive within that space is important. So I think that's the first thing. Mm. And then I think the, the second thing is a theme that I've kind of heard over the last few days is the reliance on government. Yep. You know, people want sovereign manufacturing and so on and so forth. You know, there's two ways to look at this. I was told by a government official in this country, in Australia, that I may have spent too long in the United States, okay. from what I'm about to say. And that is like, why are we even going to the government at all? Like, the government right. shouldn't be involved. That's one philosophy. I think the, the alternative to that is to embrace what the government's doing. I think what New South Wales has done, they had a, a bit of a session yesterday, mm. and the way they integrated research, manufacturing, and clinical development mm. was a model that I think is very significant and valuable. Yep. And I think, you know, if we can embrace that as an as a industry here mm. and turn the wheel on that, yeah. then I think we have a competitive advantage that we can use for some of these companies too. So I think more integration, if we're going to say we need the government to do this, then we have to figure out how we integrate government to be as successful as possible. Yeah. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. 
companies can bring team members into the community. Plus, you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member. You can post content like news events and jobs. And of course, we love to showcase our members. So when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members. It's literally the heart of everything we do. So consider joining as a THT Plus member. You can join anytime online. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT Plus. My name is Arjun Goyal, and I'm the uh, co-founder and managing director at Vita Ventures. Vita Ventures is a life sciences focused uh, investment firm based in the US. What we do is put together companies that are developing new medicines and invest in companies that are developing new medicines. Amazing. And so you just literally come off the stage, then actually you've come off the plane to come onto the stage, <laughs> then come <laughs> off to, to present to the people at Oz Bio Invest today. Talk to me a bit about what you went through just in that session then. Uh, absolutely. Well, so I spoke about two things. The first thing is how we at Vita transform science into new medicines. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was how this is really a golden age in scientific innovation. This is the century of biotech and why that's so exciting, not just for a venture firm like Vita in the US, but for investors, entrepreneurs, you know, in Australia or wherever they are. Yeah. I took note that, you know, painted this picture that, you know, we might be coming into some challenging times or it can can be certainly needs re- resilience but at the same time you said there's never real there's never been a better time to be yeah. in biotech tell me a bit more about that yeah absolutely so uh, uh, the, the way I would frame it you know short term and long term mm. so in the short term science the scientific innovation is as strong as it's ever been mm. but there are some head- headwinds those headwinds are more around the cost of capital yes. to access capital so such that you can fund the science and transform it into the me- in, into medicine that cost has increased. It's increased because of factors beyond biotech. It's because of global interest rates. It's because of the geopolitical situation globally. It's because of some concerns in the US about drug price reform. It's concerns around FTC in the US and how that may impact on M&A in the sector. So these are you know, factors beyond researchers doing research yes. and discovering new medicines. And at least in my view, those are factors that make it rocky right now for us uh, in the next, you know, in the last year, next maybe year or two. But if you you think about the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, then I think the picture is very rosy because the scientific innovation is incredibly strong, robust, is now global. That's not going to stop. And these, you know, these uh, macro uh, issues are macro issues for today that expect them to be resolved, whether it's in a year or two or three, but they will be resolved. I mean, that long-term, long-term view in, in biotech is, is critical, absolutely. Something else that, that I took note of and I didn't quite catch it was that the importance of people because something like the technology is, is, is quadrupling, but we do, you know, we're not quadrupling the amount of people that we have. So yeah, that, that, absolutely. T- talk to me more about your thinking there. So I would say two things. The first thing is that like any creative business, uh, what it boils down to is the people. What we say is it takes a village to raise a medicine. So not one you know, entrepreneur or one, one scientist, but a group of scientists, entrepreneurs, developers, the business guys, the finance people, you know, they'll come together and, and through that process, that's where the magic happens. That's very risky. The industry is incredibly regu- regulated for good reason, because we're dealing with human health. 
but it means that you need experience and a special skill set, a very spe specific skill set, you know, to be effective. And we had a cater of those people from pharma and from biotech, but we haven't been able to replenish that as quickly as we've been growing yeah. these companies or starting these companies because of how compelling the new innovation is. So in a sense, we have to catch up on the, on the people side. We also have to figure out a way to, to attract the very best people into the industry from university and also laterally from other industries. Mm. And, and so you've got this Australian at heart, but, but you know, you're, you're overseas in the US and you've got this view globally, but you've come back to Australia today, yes, for this conference, but also keeping an eye on what's going on here. What's exciting about the Australian biotech scene right now? What's exciting, I would say the first thing, what's always been exciting, what continues to be exciting is the quality of Australian science, mm. medical science. Australians, Australia has been a leader uh, in fields like oncology, immunology, virology for decades, and that continues to be the case. So that's always there. What I think has changed is the quality of the funds, the venture capitalists, their ability for them to raise more capital. There's more government money coming into the sector. And then you're finding entrepreneurs in this sector who are not typical biotech entrepreneurs who are getting attracted to come into the sector because they want to do well by doing good, or doing good, do good and do yeah. well, which, which is unique. They see the opportunity, they read stories about this company, that company in the US, and they feel they can do it. So I, I felt that the company, this, the sector is maturing. It's not a group of like 5, 10, 15 people anymore making decisions. It's a lot of young people, some of the usual suspects, some new people. Just here, Andrew Forrest, one of Australia's richest nice. mining yeah, magnets, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's just started. He's, he's gone into biotech true. as it's well. So, yeah. so I think that all is good, at least from my perspective, that's a good yeah. thing. And lastly, you know, we've got companies looking to raise money. We've got investors and, and views and perspectives at this event. What would you hope that people who attended the Ozbio Invest event today take away as some of the, the, the things to think about or things to apply in there? So I would say three things. The first thing is continue doing what they're doing. I've been very impressed by the quality of the companies here. Many of them are, you know, are, are addressing important clinical needs and have raised capital. So this is the industry of today and the future. They're in the right industry. So just stick to the knitting, continue to do what they're doing. The second is, again, this is to think global. So these companies are already very global in their orientation, impressively so. But to think of capital sources globally as well and to look at how to access capital in other, you know, other territories, whether it's the US, Europe, you know, creatively. The second thing, and the third thing I think is it's important to give back to the biotech community here in Australia. It's a nascent community, a vibrant community, but still growing. I, I do see there's a strong sense of trying to help out uh, everyone else here. That's important in the ecosystem, sharing knowledge, sharing lessons, and us biotech, uh, you know, allows for that. I do think that's important. That's certainly what we do also. Yeah, love it. Arjun, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot. Pleasure for having you. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.